Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. Can't imagine fitting another appointment into your life? Well, with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. No commutes, no leaving the office, no judgments. I love therapy. I love it. Stand by it. Love it to this day. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com beautiful. Use the code beautiful to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com beautiful. Hey everyone, a brand new season of Raised by TV comes out this week. Raised by TV is the show where two of the funniest people going, two of the nicest people going, two true characters in this world, John Gabris, Lauren Lapkus, both friends of mine, revisit the best and worst of the 80s and 90s TV they grew up on. Everything from SNCC to TGIF, serial commercials, Oprah, all the TV we grew up with, they're analyzing it. And it's funny, they are too undeniably hilarious people. In season three, John and Lauren are back talking about more of the TV shows and memorable characters that warped their minds. Listen to Raised by TV now. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Hello to all my karaoke lovers. Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. Rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous, a show where people listen to each other. That's pretty much the whole thing. We listen to each other around here. Someone talks for an hour, the rest of us listen. What a novel! crazy concept. Listening. In 2018, welcome to the show. Thanks to everybody who supports the show. Thanks to everybody who came out. I, I plugged it on the show twice hard. So many people came out to my neighborhood, Jackson Heights, for that show we did support a state assembly candidate, Catalina Cruz. I'm telling you, it warmed my heart meeting you guys there. People came from all over. People came. People came all over the tri- From People came from Jersey. Met some people from Bergen County. Met some people from Long Island, from the Bronx. People came from all over to my little neighborhood. We had 200 people at that show. People don't, you don't get 200 people at a comedy show in Jackson Heights. There's no comedy shows in Jackson Heights. Thank you for coming out. Such a pleasure to meet you all. I got more shows coming up. Minneapolis this weekend. Acme Comedy, one of the great clubs in this country. I will be there. And I hope to meet you guys there. Minneapolis, come on out. Ticket link is at chrisgeth.com. The new and improved chrisgeth.com. I got all my ticket links up there. It's a much uh, slicker website now. Easier to use. And uh, also some info on there about my new book and some pre-order incentives, including some that beautiful anonymous fans might uh, be very interested in. Maybe you order the book, send a proof of purchase. I'll record your outgoing voicemail message for you. All the info at chrisketh.com. Check it out. Last week's episode, everybody on Facebook enjoyed hearing about the Navy. We heard from a Navy flyer. We heard from a Navy flyer, Goose, not Maverick. It was really badass. She was so cool. Told us about everything. People really responded well to it. So happy to see that. And I want to thank her. I got to meet her. I got to meet her in, uh, in, I did a show in, in Washington, D.C. I met the caller before the call even came out and she gave me some cufflinks with jets on them. They're cool. 
I like them. This week's episode, I am so excited for everyone to hear. I have to say, this is, I have not stopped thinking about this call since we recorded it. And uh, this caller is, I will say, out of many, I mean, we've done almost 130 of these things, I think now. This is one of the true characters we have ever had on the show. I feel like very often what's so um, addictive about this show to our listeners, what I hear over and over again is people, it's just regular people who call in and talk and you find out these people you'd never think have these stories and these opinions. This is a caller where right away I'm like, no, this is a character. This is a person who if I met him on the street, I'd be like, this person has opinions, doesn't hold back a true character. We're going to hear about uh, love and and drug use and rampages. And then on top of all of it, here's what I think is so cool. I'm going to hear about one of the most intricate infrastructure-based systems in the history of the world. Something that I get nerdy about. The postal system. Drugs and rampages and the postal system. This call has it all, everybody. Buckle up. Enjoy. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi, is this Chris? Yeah, yeah, it is. Can I, like, fangirl for, like, five quick seconds? Sure. Like, ah! <laughs> this is awesome! <laughs> Sorry, okay, I think that's all the fangirl I'm going to do for a bit. <laughs> How's your day going? Better now. Better now. Is it? Thank you for that. That was so nice. No, it's like, this is intense. This is cool. I'm always working like these crazy hours. So whenever I see the post, I call in and it's always like a beeping noise. And it's like this morning, like I just woke up like literally like 10, 15 minutes ago. I'm like, hmm, there's no post. I'm bored. Let me give it a call. And then all of a sudden there's this process. It's like, and now I know I'm talking to Chris Gesser. Oh my God. That's nice. Yes, me how my day was going. Here's my day. Here's what my here's how my day went. I've had a, a, a specific day. I mm-hmm. I took a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class at nine in the morning, taught by Eddie the Wolverine Cummings. It was great. Wrestled people mm-hmm. all morning, and then I went to the Irish consulate in New York because I just got my citizenship, so I was going to get my passport. But got there and I've forgotten a bunch of documents and. I had to get a money order, and I went to banks, and banks told me they don't do that, so I had to go to the post office, one of the big post offices in New York. I got a money order, ran back, dropped it off. Turned out I had still forgotten a bunch of stuff. Then I came here. Serious? Yeah. That's crazy. And I'm, so how often are you doing this jiu-jitsu thing then? Because it sounds like it's a repeat, repetitive thing. It sounds awesome, though. Yeah, about three or four times a week when I can swing it, but I've been traveling a lot, so I don't get to get in there. Gotcha. So now, how are you? Gotcha. I'm good. I'm just tired. I just woke up from a 12-hour shift and on my non-skid, and I work at the post office. And oh, I was just there. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, how was your experience, even though I don't really represent the post office? How was my experience? Well, I guess I do, but... <laughs> now, this is a loaded question, isn't it? Because people tend to have strong opinions on the post office. Uh, yes, yes, they do. Uh, my experience was good. And the line was maybe, you know, anybody who's standing in a line is going to think that the line is moving a little too slowly for their own tastes. 
But once I got up to the line, buying, mm-hmm. a mo- buying a money order is a relatively quick and painless post office process. And the guy mm-hmm. was very nice, showed me how to fill it out. So it all went well. I, I will tell you, I used to live in a neighborhood in Brooklyn called Greenpoint. And if you ever want to make yourself laugh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before. Read the Yelp reviews of the Greenpoint post office. They're like sort of legendary in the neighborhood because people go ape shit about that post office. <laughs> really? What kind of reviews? I need to look it up. But like, what kind of reviews do they have? I'm curious now. Just there's things where people will be like, "Oh yeah, I had to mail two packages. Went there, stood for 45 minutes." Then the person uh, there told me that I hadn't filled out the customs forms right, told me I had to go back to the line, stood for 90 more minutes, and these shitheads uh, no. ruined my whole day, like stuff like that. A lot of cur- No. Uh, now, what would you terrible. like? Now, as someone, who works, as someone who works at the much maligned post office, what would you like to tell us? To give some of us a break, maybe. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. So what I do, I'm a mail processing carrier. So I am pretty much the person in the background when it comes to your letter that you mail. So like your birthday cards or your bills, I'm the one that processes them through the machine. And so we work at such a fast pace that there is very little time for us to actually like, I don't know, take care of the letters in a proper fashion. I don't know. It's hard to say, but like me, I try to do my best, but there are some people that like, They've been there for like 16 years, so they could give a damn or not about anything. They, they just, uh, I can go on and I can go on and on about people that just been there forever and they just don't care about things. But it's like hard for me to like tolerate it because they are, I don't know, like they could have learned, they could have helped, help expand their knowledge and stuff like that. But I don't know. That's just something that's on my nerves and on my mind. It's just like, I can't. So you're not you're not at the window. That's the front lines. The no. window. Yeah, that's. I'm on the back. I'm on the back, and I'm the one the one processing letters. And like for example, right now it's summertime. We're not in our prime yet. We're not, but yet we are working. I'm averaging about fifty six sixty hours a week. Whoa! And I have to max out at sixty because after that, they don't want to pay me the the like the three time hourly pay that they would charge me if they would pay me if I did go for 60 hours. Yeah, times are weird right now over here where I'm at. So you, you, cause you said you got off of 12 hour shifts. So you're working 12 hours a day, five days a week. Six days this week. It would be six days. Yesterday I have Saturdays and Sundays off. And since today is Monday, I just worked 12 hours on my non-schedule. So I am probably going to reach 60 by the end of Friday. 60 hours a week. What's going on? Yeah, and during the summer. What's going on over there? I I, I blame Trump. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's my that was my escape. So I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna like my like my president said. They aim low, you aim high. That's my president right there. Look at that. Look at that. Same right. Same page. Me and you on that one. For anybody listening who's a Trump huh. lover, at this point. I don't even. I'm not. I'm not even gonna bite my tongue. No thanks on this. This is beyond insane. So, <laughs> let me guess. Let me make a guess about your life. Holiday season, Christmas cards. That's when it becomes hell on earth. 
It's because every household has to send out like 20. Could you imagine if every household sent out, or maybe every person, it feels like, sends out 20, get 20 cards minimum. It's just like, it's repetitive as long. And on top of that, so our machines, they're delicate. They're built to run specific letter six cards. Like when you fold them up, like your bill card, like your bill when you get them in the mail, they're that size. They're built for that. They're not built to handle people putting in little trinkets, candies, your little vials of perfume. We had a couple incidents where they would send dish soap and it would explode in the machine. So we realized it's a white substance. They think it's a drug. We have to call the postal inspectors. They turn down the machine. That takes an hour or two and we're already behind because of that. Oh my gosh. It's an intense thing. It's just like, so you can only imagine just, you know, the time crunch that supervisors are and the time crunch that they, the stress that they put us in to try to get this stuff out, especially when we find something that looks like cocaine, but it turns out to be dish soap or something stupid like that. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm loving this. I'm fascinated. Uh, I have, I have, I will say all, all complaints about the post office side, which many people like to grumble as you know pretty fascinated by it because it's one of the biggest networks of infrastructure in the world. And mm-hmm. I forget where I was just reading about. I just read an article about how for much of its history, the post office was actually very important to American innovations. A lot of technological steps up, a lot of things in like the world of aviation. I believe the post office was kind of on the front lines of developing a lot of technology that we use every day. People don't know this. Really? Well, mm-hmm. if that's if that's the case, then that must have been like a super outdated article because our our stuff has just like stopped evolving. I guess our like the technology has stopped evolving or cross or growing because our machines probably could be dated back like twenty, thirty years, which I guess is still kind of fairly new. And at the time, that probably cost them like I don't know how like for a machine that we run mail on, it probably cost at least a million dollars, two million at that time. Today it's probably worth like fifty thousand or something because yeah. because it's so just because of like the software, the belts, like all the and apparently there's a manufacturer that was making belts for the machines for the feeders part of the machine that put, takes milk into the machine and I guess they stopped making the belts. We had a, the post office <laughs> like the ET guys had to go and find another manufacturer for those belts and I'm all thinking to myself. This is a company that was building parts for the post office, and you're telling me that they're not making parts for the post office anymore? I don't know if that's like a red flag for me. Yeah, that's not ideal. I mean, the article did mention that the innovation has severely slowed down in recent times. They actually said that when the post office unionized, the innovation uh, started to drop off because, like you said, it started to lead to workers who'd been there for a decade, two decades, who maybe weren't the most motivated. But I'm I'm a union man. Proud member of two two unions mm-hmm. myself, so I'm a union supporter. I'm not going to buy into all that nonsense. Give me that health insurance. Right. That's, that's why I'm a union member too, and I have that health insurance. I'm a union steward because of how oh, much like we're just like of all the overtime that they're making, and we shouldn't be working all this overtime because they're advancing your standard junk mail like two or three days in advance, and they shouldn't be really doing that, but they're doing that just that. I don't know why we, there's everyone talks about a possibility of like their want their management wants their 
phrases or the bonuses or whatever. I don't know. There's all this rumor going around, but I'm just tired. It's It's been a very exhausting year because it's literally been like this all year and it's just been, I'm just like, ugh. It's been good. It's been good money. Don't get me wrong. It's been good money. I am bring home the big bucks, and I just I'm living life. You know, big bucks. I like hearing that. Now I'm gonna let you know your phone. Your phone fritzed out for a second. There, it came back. If it if it does the robot voice thing again, I'm gonna have to stop you and let you know. Um, so you had mentioned you had mentioned the uh, white powder looking for cocaine as a male sorter, as someone sorting the mail specifically. Here's a good question for you past handful of years as the dark web has gotten bigger, as things like Silk Road where people are vacuum sealing drugs and, and mailing them to each other, have you had to get uh, training for that? Have you been told to keep your eye on that more? Is there more MDMA floating nope. through the mail now? Nope. We don't. We really haven't been told about that. We haven't really been asked to keep an eye out for narcotics or anything. The only time we do ask um, for like supervisor or postal inspectors to come is if we actually like if an envelope breaks because we could you know, it could also be anthrax so we got to keep ourselves safe i have had to report a couple envelopes of marijuana to a supervisor because i don't want to get in trouble for processing a piece of letter that obviously stenches like og kush or something like that so <laughs> and it, and, we'll, and i remember this one time this one time i found this envelope like I got this tray, a bunch of loose letters. I'm like, I'm smelling around because it smells like a dead skunk. I'm like, what the hell is that? It was so weird. And then like, I don't know why I just wanted to smell the tray. And the smell got stronger when I, when I put my nose against the tray. And then I see this big envelope. It's like wrapped like crazy with clear tape. And like, there's this little hole. And so when I pushed in, boom, not just like a slight scent. I got like, my nostrils got hit with that scent. Like, Dude, like I didn't want to. This is like probably the first time I found weed. So I asked my partner, I'm like, hey, come here. What's this smell like? He's like, she's like, oh my God. Shoot, I said my name. That's okay. Um, we'll bleep it out for you. Thank you. So she's like, oh my God, that smells like weed. And then I, an ET guy walks by. I'm like, hey, dude, come and smell this. And he's all like, dude, so are we going outside later? I'm like, hell yeah. No, I had to turn it in because we're good employees. And then I bet a kid, does the post office, like, do they have to report that to the DEA or do they have their own, like, internal, is there, like, an internal post office, um, like, they have, police squad? They have, I guess it's a kind of like a police squad. They're postal inspectors. And these people make, I think they, like, kind of oversee, like, chart, like, fraud, like, in post office stuff. And I think we have one, a postal inspector dedicated to our plant. Because it's such a big thing, we handle so much mail for within a state. I don't want to say the state because I just don't know how each state works. I don't want to give my location away. Yeah, for sure. But I think we have a couple post inspectors. So they're always on call. They always come, and we—they're the ones that deal with like the broken letters with containing unknown substance or marijuana. So once they get that stuff picked up, I don't know what happens to it. I really don't. Yeah. Which I'm kind of curious because that one envelope I found, it had a return address. I'm like, what idiot is going to smell send <laughs> marijuana in an envelope to sit suspiciously packaged and put it at a return address? And I'm all like, it better be a dumb because it's not caught with their soul. 
Yeah. I'm trying. I don't know. Not exactly hard to crack the case on that one. You don't need to be exactly. Sherlock Holmes on that. We don't need to have a whole episode right. of Law and Order S- SVU about getting to the bottom of this one. Just go to that address. You're golden. Now you found weed. So that's the that's the highest level drug you found. You've never what's so the, that's the one that I found. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just removing my hat. I'm wearing a hat, but it was bothering me, so I took off my headphones, removed my hat. That's what you heard. So you were saying. So that's the that's the highest level one you found. Yeah. Yeah, my friend, um, there was this one day, I think like two months ago, they had a white substance explode in their machine. Now that one scared me because there was a white substance and then all of a sudden there's a dog, a drug sniffing dog walking around the building. I'm all like, I, my mouth dropped just like, oh shit, things got intense. Wow. What did it wind but up being? It's so, that, that ended up being, let's see, I think that was a dish soap or something <laughs> stupid. But apparently someone, someone at the, someone had drugs or something in their locker apparently. Ooh. I never found out who. Because apparently the dog sniffed out something in someone's locker. So, something. Well, if they got Bam. you. If they got you guys walk, working uh, sixty hours a week, twelve hours a day, and you're sorting mail, I would imagine there must be some people in the post office who are uh, popping uppers, right? Keep yourself going. <laughs> Taking. I mean, I don't. I could see us. I could see that happening elsewhere besides that work it's like you know we still want to keep it professional i mean i know we're mindless people walking around but come on we we're getting paid stupid amount of money for doing the like some of the most simplest jobs ever like ridiculous now you, you this is the second time you've mentioned that you're making coin how much are we talking here sorting mail at the post office 12 hard i mean hard week 60 hours a week but you said you're making crazy money what are we talking here? so so let me, let me, so I was talking to this about this to somebody at work. So apparently there's a couple people, I don't work on my, I don't work on my uh, days off that, that often, but a lot of people do. Some people are going to be, are expecting to make $150,000 by the end of the year. They're on track for that. That ain't bad. But so, and, but for me, I am probably going to make 80000 maybe 90000 just because I don't work on skids as often as those other people, which I need my two days off, or if not, I'm just a major bitch. I'm, <laughs> I'm shady, I'm mean, I'm just like, I have very little empathy for anybody. So, but like, no, let me, like, like listen, 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 listen. This is, how, this is when I say stupid money, this is what I'm talking about. And keep in mind, the highest education I have is uh, hold associates on. in general studies. Okay, hold, so, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not just going to let you refer to yourself as a major bitch and not give ourselves just a moment to soak in how amazing a thing that is to say. Okay, so you have an associate's degree. <laughs> now let's continue. Let's continue now. Let's continue now. I needed to put it on record that that was amazing. I'm not the only one thinking that, right? That's so fun. So to just casually call yourself a major bitch, no, we got to take a breath on that one. And I think we can all take a breath. And you know what's a great way to take a breath? Listen to these advertisements for products and services from our fine sponsors here at Beautiful Anonymous. Promo codes on a lot of these. Use them if you're so inclined. It really helps the show when you do. That's a for real thing. We'll be back after this with more phone calls. For many of us, 
The day doesn't start until we get that morning energy boost. I'm talking about coffee. And now there's a new way to enjoy your daily cup of joe thanks to Cafe Monster. Available in vanilla, mocha, and salted caramel, Cafe Monster's shaken up the ready-to-drink coffee category with indulgent gourmet coffee that's only 190 calories, not to mention with 150 milligrams of caffeine from coffee beans, B vitamins, and coffee fruit extract, Cafe Monster offers a simplified energy blend that contains a third less sugar than the leading national brand. In fact, it's 100 fewer calories per bottle than the competition, but you'd never know by tasting it. Instead, you get all the same feel and flavor as your local coffee house, and you don't even have to wait in line. I'm telling you, these flavors, the vanilla flavor, delicious. I've tried it. It's delicious. And get a kick. You wake up. You're on your way. You just grab it and go. What's wrong with that? Cafe Monster. Chill it down. Shake it up. Enjoy. Support for today's show comes from Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. After two years of research and development, Bombas has re-engineered socks with innovations to make them way more comfortable. The Honeycomb Arch Support System, for instance, provides extra support where you need it most. While Stay Up technology ensures that socks stay in place but never leave a mark. And the super soft cotton material keeps you warm in the winter but cool in the summer. Better yet, because socks are the most requested item in homeless shelters, Bombas donates one pair of socks for every pair they sell. Over 7 million pairs so far. That is a nice way to treat other human beings. And I'm telling you, it's legit. I wear Bombas socks almost every day. They're incredible. You know who the biggest fan of Bombas socks is? My wife. She flips out for them. She loves them. I get them for her as gifts and she loves them. I got a bunch of Bombas socks recently and she was like, I've never seen, she was like, you have so many Bombas. I'm I'm the biggest Bombas fan. I'm jealous. I was like, don't be a hater. I'll get you more Bombas. She's like, you better because they're the best. She always says, it's like your feet are getting a hug and she's right. It's really a good product and they do good things. And now... Beautiful anonymous listeners can get 20% off your first order. Go to bombas.com slash stories. Use the code stories. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash stories. Use the code stories. Get 20% off your first order. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. We're not just going to let you refer to yourself as a major bitch and not give ourselves just a moment to soak in how amazing a thing that is to say. Okay, so you have an associate's degree. Now let's continue. Let's continue now. Let's continue now. I needed to put it on record that that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, everyone everyone rolls their eyes when I say that, but yeah. But yeah so, for example, I am at a base pay of $44,000 a year. So that's a base salary. That's what I'm promised if I work just my consistent age five days a week. I work, if I work overtime, that's double time and a half. So that's about $32, $35 an hour. That's for, that's if I work between eight to 10 hours. Now we're talking. Anything from 10 to 12, 10 to 12, 10 to 12 hours, that is $44 an hour. Wow. Wow. Which I, I'm just, I'm amazed that, I am making that much for, and by that time, a lot of people are finishing up what they're doing. So we're walking around with each step I'm making. It's like a $5 step. I'm like, dude, I am making bank. I will shuffle. If I will shuffle. I have shuffled and I have shimmied and I have twerked making that money, you know, and I have to keep my clothes on. 
I'm, I, that's when I, when I say I'm bringing in that money, I am bringing in that money. Like, hey. You make that twerk money. Twerk level money. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, talk to me here. So when you're sorting mail, it's using machines. So how much by hand? Because I'm just envisioning a lot of paper cuts. Is this an issue? When there's cardstock, tons of paper cuts. If you look at my hand right now, it looks like I have traveled through a desert with a cat. They're dehydrated. They're scratched up all over. I don't own a cat. Yeah, it's, paper cuts get pretty bad. A lot of it, since the machine works at such a high pace, we have to, the machine can process up 33,000 pieces an hour. So, and, and we're expected to, the minimum we can run it is 25,000 pieces an hour. So that's, so we have a lot of mail running at a time. And when they come out at the end, we have to make sure that they stay aligned so that nothing gets out of sequence because that's how, that's how it's, it's a two person job, really. They second person. So one person will feed the mail into the machine. Second person will be on the other side, making sure nothing gets out of sort because that's how the mail carriers get their mail in, in formation. And I think that's the word formation sort and process. I don't know, but yeah, so it's a matter of keeping mail nice and tight and neat. And that's where you get all your paper cuts and cardstock. So. Wow. So cardstock's yeah. your enemy. So when some company sells, when some company's sending out, uh, those like mailers about how they have a sale and they come on that card, they come on that, uh, that's not card stock. That's more of a cardboard. But are you just like, son of a bitch? No one even reads these. These go right into recycling. I'm getting my hands cut up for this wasteful bullshit. It's, it's not wasteful. It's at 45 bucks an hour. It's not wasteful, honey. This is my livelihood. Hey, honey, I'm not talking about I, you. I'm talking it, about it's wasteful. These people, I, I get these things. I don't even open them. I get all these things. Every time Rutgers University sends me something, I know they're asking for me for money. Guess what? The closed envelope goes right in the recycling. They can just cut me off that mailing list yep. as far as I'm concerned. That's the wasteful part. I like that we called each other honey in a I, moment of frustration, by the way. Frustration and also trust. That makes me feel that makes me feel comfortable with you, Chris. I love it. I love it. I love it too. I love it too. I'm just matching your energy <laughs> here and I'm really enjoying it. No, it's and it's weird because like as like you said, people will just it's a lot of mail. Like when I come home after the twelve hours, I will look, go I come home like around three or four in the morning. I will open my mailbox. That's what the mail was from the day before. And eighty, ninety percent of that stuff goes into recycling you're absolutely right but you know what i don't know this is this is why i think the post office won't be around for the next and like in a decade two maybe three i don't know i don't see it hanging around anymore because my husband he tells me that they're running on a negative deficiency of like a million dollars like they're losing millions every year but yet here we are advancing mail and the people that pay very little to get the mail delivered whenever they're getting first class treatment and their employees, the post office employees, they're getting worked like crazy and they're getting paid ridiculous amounts of money to advance this junk mail. It's just like I don't see a I don't see a bright uh, positive for the post office in the next couple decades or two. Yeah, I mean think right between uh you know, you got you got these competing services now. You got talk of drones coming in. Amazon handles no. their and Amazon handles their own stuff. What's it going to be? Plus email, mm-hmm. emails, texts. We're not living, not living in think, that age anymore of letters, sending handwritten letters. It's a relic of the past. I, 
I think email has already taken a toll on post office. We don't see as many bills go through compared. I like, I've only been with the plant that I've been for four years. So it's not, it hasn't really been that long, but people have been like people that have been there for 20 plus years, which I don't know why they're still there since they can retire at 20, but still shade. They tell me like before they would, they would have this process, the system like to keep, make sure the machine is consistently running around the thing breaks. Now, like, we can take a break, like, we can shut down the machine five minutes early, take our actual break, leave the machine alone for 20 minutes over on break. It's just, like, I think email has already taken its toll, but, like, with, we actually depend on Amazon because their prime, because their packages, they go through our plant. I don't know if it's the same with any other state, but for the state that I live in, yeah, prime is another big source of income for ours. Which were their short staff over there too. So they're working another 10, 12 hour shifts. If anything, there's a couple of days where our, the employees at my plant that process the letters have to go over there, learn in like an hour how to run the machine to process all those Amazon packages. Now, how do you feel about the stereotype of the disgruntled postal worker? This is the idea. I feel like when I was growing up in the 90s, there were a few incidents where postal workers snapped. And it's led to this phrase, the disgruntled postal worker, which is the idea that the post office works people so hard that they break mentally. Or they they gone postal. Going I heard, postal. I heard about that one. Is that a thing? Yeah. I Have mean, you heard of that? How do you feel about the fact that when someone loses their mind, gets violent and crazy, there's a phrase called going postal because it's associated with postal workers? At first, I'm all like, I'm, I told myself, well, think, I got to think about when that phrase came about. That was during a time when mail was like the number one way of sending messages across the world. Now the mail is just pretty much seen as a way to process junk mail. So back then it was super important. And if the supervisors got on an employee, I understand. Then the stress was high. Today, I think I can see it now. I won't postal on my supervisors just because of just the amount of stupidity. I don't even want to call it stupidity because I know they have their reasons, but why the hell are we doing what we're doing? Why? Why? I think I went off on my supervisor last night. It's like, I'm here to help you. Don't tell me to keep doing this random ass shit when it's not part of my job. So I don't know. I try to be the best worker I can be, postal or not. Some days they work, some days I'm like a super bitch and I don't give a shit. Wow. We just looked it up. Between 1970 and 1997, more than 40 people were killed by current or former USPS employees in at least 20 incidents of workplace rage. Your thoughts? I am amazed. Holy cow. 40? 40 people killed 40 people in 27 have- years. Between 1986 and 2011, workplace shootings happened at roughly two per year. The post office. But you got to consider, that's got to be, I don't know. It's got to be like just a normal human trait to want to rage out and take vengeance on your boss or something, right? Like, that's got to be, it can't just be a postal thing. It's just postal people, are, that's the scapegoat. Scapegoat. I don't know. I can never say that word right. No, you nail it. You got it. Now, next question. You work these long shifts. You get home three, four in the morning. You also mentioned you have a husband. How do you maintain a healthy home life and social life working that crazy schedule? 
Cocaine and liquor. <laughs> Whoa, let's talk. <laughs> cocaine and liquor. I've never done cocaine. I've right? been in a, I've been in a room with cocaine. Never I didn't do oh, it. Yeah. Resisted the temptation. Yeah, a ballet dancer it, in Brazil it, gave it to us. Gave it to me. Put it in my palm. A big fat bag of cocaine. It was nuts. It was nuts. That sounds that sounds like an awesome story to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've uh, yeah, I've lived a life, man. I've lived a life. Let's put it that way. I got a I got a male ballet dancer in Brazil handing me a fat bag of cocaine back in 2012. I said, okay, this is a life choice right here. Never done cocaine. I did have some dalliances with Adderall. Went a little uh, overboard with that, and I've heard it's similar. I've never done Adderall. I think my husband has, but he told me he's like, I don't know. We've actually been, I've actually been sober for the last two months. You have? I had That's an incident. Good. What was the incident? Yeah, so I'm, but, um, Pride weekend, I blacked out off of vodka, and I guess I tried to break the house down, and the cops sent me, the cops came, sent me to jail, and I was in jail for three days. And they charged me for intoxication, and, um, Misorderly conduct with a domestic violence charge, Whoa. which I was able to get dropped because it was my first incident, and I told them that I'm on antidepressants. This is the first time that this something like this has ever happened to me. So ever since that, I've been sober. Wow! I mean, congrats on being which, sober. I think that's great. Thank you. It's been a struggle lately. It's been a struggle these last couple of months, but you know what? I I'm seeing things clearly, more clear now. So it's something I'm working with. And you said you tried to break your house down? Like what? Like, did you get out like an axe and try to chop it down? What does that mean? Thankfully not. And so apparently what happened is we were at, so this was on Pride weekend and mm-hmm. we were at a karaoke. This is, I want to tell you what I remember, up to what I remember. And then, up, and then what my husband told me when we, when I got out of jail. Okay. So the story is what I remember was I was at a karaoke bar. We were drinking vodka. Like I was taking shots of vodka, my drug of choice. And I wanted to sing This Is Me from The Greatest Showman because Pride Weekend, you know, represents what's up. And I guess the, 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 the VJ, DJ, he's all like, I got everyone, I got, I got enough showing people singing until we close. And I guess that set me off. That's, that's, a, that's when I stopped remembering what happened. And I guess what happened after that was when we were trying to leave, I smashed in the windshield of my car pretty good. And then we got home. I fell. I, they put me in the backyard. I guess I passed out for like a second or two. Then I got up and I tried to kick in the glass door. And then I, I came in and then I started throwing stuff off the counter to the wall. Then I threw a plant on the ground, dirty quilts to the, to the wall. It's, it's something I'm not happy that I remember or had no control over. This is like the first time I've since there, since really blacked out like that because I don't. A friend of mine came over to try and help calm me down, and she's all like, "You person, I'm. I don't. I've never seen this look in your eyes. This was not the, the person that I know. I'm like, this is something I've never experienced, and scared the shit out of me. So, wow. yeah. Now I don't want to. I don't want to touch a nerve here, but some might say that you went postal. <laughs> you know what? I probably did. <laughs> now, hold on. Okay, so Pride Weekend, karaoke. You get told you will not be able to sing karaoke. You fly into a blind rage, blackout. So what do you use to smash in the windshield of your car? 
My fists. Your fists? Yeah. Were you I all cut up? Um, yeah, I woke up in the drunk tank at jail with yeah. a bunch of cuts on my hand. Nothing like severe, severe. But I had cuts and bruises all along my arm and my feet. So I knew that glass was involved. And then when I got when I got out of jail and went to go pick up my car, because since my friend only lives like a, in between us and the bar, we live super close to a bar. But our, my husband called our friend. She came, picked up my car, took it to the house because they're telling me that if the cops showed up at the bar while I was doing that, I could have been charged with a lot, with a lot, with a lot, with a mm-hmm. higher charge crime, mm-hmm. if I make sense of that. So I did numbers on that. And then the house, it wasn't, it's, I'm, I don't want to paint it as I like, I pretty much burned it down, nothing like that. But a lot of cosmetic work, a lot of touch up paint, tobacco paint, a lot of stuff like that, which, and, but you know, the fact that I actually went through with something, I went through and did something like that, that was enough to like tell me, you know what, something's wrong, something's not right with me. Yet. I need to figure out what, what I do blame work. But at the end, that's not an excuse for the reason I did it and why I did it. Right, right. And who, did your husband have to press charges to get the situation under control? No, he didn't. the only reason he called the cops was because he didn't have anybody else to try to calm me down. The cops were the ones that charged, pressed the charges on me, even though my husband didn't want any charges pressed at all. Because mm. they picked me up at my house. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm thankful for. So, that, so yeah, ever. Yeah, he's a he's a guy. He did he did his best, and I I feel shitty for putting him in a situation like that. But I think it was just an eye opener that it was that the lifestyle, the lifestyle that we lived on the week on our days off, plus the stress that I was accumulating, maybe wasn't working. Right, and now yeah. you said you were drinking vodka. I will say, I mean, it's here's the thing. I'll, I'll just ask because you you've gone there. Were there other substances involved? That day, no. That day, no. Usually when I do, like when I would do the sugar booger plus the vodka, it kind of balances itself out so I wouldn't forget, if that makes sense. Right, like you got the upper, the cocaine is such an upper, and then the alcohol's a downer, and you kind of meet in the middle on that. Right. Wow. Right, so I was able, I was able to still function properly and still keep my cool, but still have a good buzz and bust out some Bodak yellow while rolling around like a fucking idiot in our basement. Yep, pretty much. So, did you say sugar booger or booger sugar? Booger sugar. Booger sugar. Booger sugar. Yeah, I thought you said sugar booger, which I would imagine is a different thing on some level. Who knows? Keep in mind, I just woke up, so I probably got bored. I'm not one to judge. It's around here and there, so. So I'm happy to hear you're Thank sober. You. So for the last four years, your life has been working 60 hours a week at the Postal Service, getting your hands cut up by cardstock, and then on the weekends, you go out drinking hard, and you do a bunch of cocaine. Mm, pretty much, which I don't know how I survived four years doing that. Well, I've known my husband for five years, and I've been doing this, working at this plant for four years. So yeah, that's pretty much been our livelihood. And so this is like a new chapter in our lives together because it's like you know we've been a partiers we've been we just enjoy our time and have fun and we go with it mm-hmm. and my husband I, I when when I got through I told him my husband's all like what the hell are you gonna talk to them about I was like 
post office like, okay, and he's like, why would you just talk to some a stranger about something stupid like that? Like, don't get your personal life out there. I'm all like, but it's my life. It's my livelihood. Why would you judge me? <laughs> uh, now, is your, is your husband well, going sober as well? No. Well, he's definitely, like, we haven't done cocaine in two months together. So he hasn't had it. He hasn't done it same time with me. He does drink, but he's not drinking as excessive as we were. He enjoys his bottle of wine during mm-hmm. the weekday. He has his 12 case of beers on the weekend. He'll go out to his friends because I work nights. And so he will go and hang out with his friends and stuff. So he's been t- taking it back too because his job is also stressful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's so well, reason- you know, I, reasonable social drinking, someone who enjoys drinking and uh, it's a part mm-hmm. of his life, but not going hard like you were up until the, the arrest. Right. So we've been, we've been doing good. I've been doing good. And we're, I think we're on a track to a new livelihood, a new, a new way of living. And yes. we're, we'll see where that takes us. So a new way of living. Good. You're hoping it, you're thinking this might be a, a long-term change. Yeah. I know it'll be hard and I know that there's, there'll be opportunities relapse and stuff like that. But you know what? Life's challenging. Life has its challenges, and I'm gonna grab him by the horns and just do the best that I can with it. Well, I think that's awesome. Speaking. As someone who quit drinking yeah. years ago, Speaking. I know that it's uh, easier said than done, and I wish you a lot of luck on that one. Yeah, it's been any tips for trying to maintain a sober life? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you were drinking a lot, was there any like withdrawal type stuff? Um, I've I've only experienced it just a couple of times, especially, but not with like the liquor itself. Like with with the white girl, that's the one I've had withdrawals the worst. From like what was days, that? Like on Sundays, like white girl, I would have withdrawals off of the white girl. Like I would have like on a Sunday, we would party Friday night, Saturday night, and on Sunday we would just stay home, stay in bed, and like have cold sweats and be shaking. And wait, what's white girl? Just this. Just another name for cocaine. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Sorry about that. Not. I'm not so I gotta, well. I got to edu- educate the listeners on <laughs> white girl. I haven't heard that before. You haven't heard that one? No, you just out there uh, doing a, bumps a white girl. Booger sugar yeah, white girl. You got a friend. lot of nicknames for this stuff. I think that might be the only two. I think that's as cool as I'm going to get. <laughs> I have a friend at work. I have a friend at work, and he also does white girl. And so, like, we'll I'll talk to him. It's like, hey, how was your weekend? He's like, oh, it was good. I had white girl come over. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, how was it? How was it? He's like, dude, I had such a good weekend. I'm like, I'm glad you're here, dude. So, like, is so he's saying white girl is like a, a cover, so you can speak about it. Uh, like, oh, that white girl came over. Now. I'm yeah, not, exactly. I'm not trying to make jokes in any way or judge, but that you have a husband. When you're like, "Oh, this white girl came over," people are like, "What? Wait, huh?" <laughs> I guess I'm, I guess I never thought of that. I'm gonna have to call him white boy now. White boy. Oh, don't believe me on that one. Now, how'd you get? No, to, we're probably we're probably big in, probably big in what? Huh? No, I interrupted you. You go. Oh no, I I forgot what I was gonna say. I was just like, let me see. I said, "Oh no, no. Have to call my boy." No, I forgot what I was gonna I say. I forgot what I was saying. No, we forgot. 
You know, guys, a lot of people give me credit and say, oh, you're a good interviewer. This is proof that I'm not. Him losing his train of thought, me losing mine, and then us just stumbling into the commercial break. I think I can take the note on that one. Advertisers, they're coming up. They got stuff. You might like stuff. Listen to the ads. Use the promo codes if you're into stuff. Helps the show when you do. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought about the story behind your clothes? What's in them? Where they came from? Who made them? Packed Apparel is an eco-conscious clothing company that believes everyone should know what goes into their clothes because it's what's within that truly matters. Their story starts with 100% organic cotton and other sustainable materials used to make super soft clothes you'll want to live in. Packed partners with fair trade certified factories where workers are protected and treated fairly and they don't believe that you should have to pay more just because things are organic. Tees are just 15 bucks. Leggings, $30. Undies, 9 bucks. It's a great story from head to toe. And it's good stuff. I have some. I've checked it out. I've worn it. It's nice. And we do have to protect the environment. I'm telling you, my wife reminds me every day. It takes so little effort to see if the things you're buying, the things you're consuming are done in a responsible way that's going to help the earth instead of hurt it. What a beautiful thing that Pact is doing. It's a company worth supporting. Head to wearpact.com to outfit what's within you and enter the code BEAUTIFUL at checkout for 25% off your first order. That's W-E-A-R-P-A-C-T dot com and the code BEAUTIFUL to save 25%. Thank you once again to everybody who sponsors Beautiful Anonymous. Now let's finish off the phone call. Oh, no, no. Oh, my boy. No, I forgot what I was going to say, I forgot what I was No, I forgot. Yeah, I mean, you've pounded that brain. Oh, how'd you and your yeah, husband get well, together? ChristenMingle.com. I'm calling bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that. Total. <laughs> Total bullshit. Although Total I, bullshit. I do appreciate we, the attempt. And the momentary pause, I think, will be very satisfying for the listeners. When you said ChristianMingle.com and they could just feel me freeze up for just a split second, I think you got the laugh there. Well done. Well done. Well, I live in a super conservative state. So every time they ask, oh, where did you guys meet? I'll be like, ChristianMingle.com. They'll look at me like, <laughs> you're fucking kidding. And, I, and then I'll go into a story like, yeah, I was just trying to find me a good, I was trying to find me a good religious girl with really traditional ideas. And I found, and then he was catfishing, I found him and we fell in love with him, sorry. And, they, and they'll just roll their eyes and be like, oh, okay. No, I met him on Grinder. Yeah, I buy that. I buy that a lot easier than Christian Mingle. <laughs> um, well, that's cool. That's cool. Met, yeah, it's been it's been an adventure. It's been we were supposed to be we were supposed to just be a hit it and quit it deal, but we couldn't get enough of each other, and now we have two Chihuahuas. We live in a good <laughs> house. We make good money. I bought him a truck. I didn't want a truck, but he kept nagging for a truck, so I bought him a truck. Nice. Because that's what a good husband does, right? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Bought him a truck. What's he doing? I would, I would, he, so he works as a um, hiring consultant. He does a lot of HR work okay. when it comes to hiring people. Okay. Yeah. So between the so two of you, he has his stresses. You're bringing in good living between the two of you. Yeah. Before, before the overtime, he makes like, 20,000 more than me. 
But this year, I think we're going to match. Wow. At the end of the year, we're going to match income because of all this overtime. So, And I don't have to stress about hiring people because all I have to do is make sure the next-door neighbor gets her letters from Wyoming (laughs) and her Comcast cell. Yeah. And you just do letters. You're not doing packages. I just do letters. They did have an opportunity for me to go over there and learn. But I told myself, no, because they sound like... So the building that they do letters is brand new. And apparently supervising over there sucks worse than ours. Like, it's more, it's run more by the employees than actual supervisors. So I'm like, yeah, that's enough stories for me to know. I'm not going to be happy there. <laughs> I could talk to you all day. You got something to say about everything, huh? I like it. Um, I like to think that I have stuff to say. I like it. I don't know if it makes sense at times. <laughs> Thank you. No. <laughs> and I can't, go ahead. You got together five years ago or you got married five years ago? No, we got together five years ago. We actually just got married this February. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. He, we've been married. I'm the, I guess I was the type of person that can keep an engagement going as long as possible. And then I guess one day in February, he's all like, are you going to marry me or not? I'm all like, yeah, I'm going to marry you. That's why we engaged. We got engaged to each other. He's like, no, but we've been engaged for like two years now. I need to know, is this happening or not? I'm all like, yes. And he's like, okay, then we're going to get married this weekend. I'm like, wait, what? And so he he drops his bombshell on me. He's like, yeah, we're going to get married this weekend. I'm like, you got to give me at least two weeks so I can take some time off. He's like, okay, fine. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to go to the courthouse. I'm all like, he's all like, no, we're not going to go to the courthouse. We're going to go do something fun and fancy. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we're going to go to Vegas. I'm like, the fuck? I love it. Yeah, we got married in Vegas. You just took off to Vegas. Do you have friends, family come? Do people from the post office fly out? We didn't have any post office people come. We had very little family, a few friends. I think a total of 20 people showed up just because it was so last minute. Like a lot of people weren't able to take the time off. A lot of people couldn't find a sitter. So we had very little people. And then, and so we had like 20 people show up, which to be honest, the smaller the better, I think. I tell you, I had had like 200 people at mine and it was a little bit much. I am jealous to hear about your 20. (laughs) Jealous. Yeah, it was, it was nice. And I can, I don't, I don't know if I can be happy around 200 people, like just to have, for you to be the center of attention for 200 people. But then you're a comedian though. You get on stage. I'm not trying to call you out or anything, but like. Now come at me, dog. I think you're more. (laughs) Yo, no, I can't do that. I'm, I was trying to. I was gonna try to act tough, but I'm too much of a softie. <laughs> so you're calling, but yeah, you're not calling me out. That's just a fact. I mean, I do. I get on stage. It was more the logistics. It was more feeling responsible for everybody's good time because everybody stayed for a whole weekend at this summer camp. I was like, man, I hope everybody has a good time. This is not. We're we really are in yeah. over our heads trying to plan all this. Yeah, I, I can feel that because our idea was actually we're going to get married in Vegas. Whoever makes it there makes it there. And then we're actually going to have like a reception party here where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then invite all the family and friends and give notice. But we ended up thinking, we thought about it. And like two months later, we're all like, you know what? We're not going to throw a party. The money that we would have spent on a party, we're going to just spend on traveling. We're actually going to be, we're going to go camping in next week, next weekend. We're going to go to New Orleans. In October, we're gonna to go to New Orleans during Halloween, so I'm excited for that one. Yeah, that's great. And then we're gonna to go to we're gonna to go to New York 
in during Christmas time. So we have some plans. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Oh, nice. I thought you said York, like the small city in Pennsylvania. I was like, wait, what? Going to New Orleans? Oh no, New York. Going camping. We're camping. We're gonna go to York, Pennsylvania. Her? What? York seems nice enough. I guess. Downgrade. Total down. Seems nice enough, I guess. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cool. mind going to New York. I just don't know what's out there. How much vacation? How many vacation days do you get a year at the post office? So with my seniority, I think I get three weeks. Three weeks? Not bad. You get a good... Three good, weeks of vacation. Now, I, postal service is not... A lot of people think it's a government-run thing. It's not technically. The government does oversee it, I believe. Do you get government-level benefits? That health plan, nice. Um, um, now, now you're asking me adult questions, Chris. Now you're intimidating me. Well, we can keep talking about um, blast and coke if you want to do that instead. I'm down for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a good test for me. I get good benefits. I get TSP plan. I get um, what else do I get? I get all these little things that help me out i've asked them about tuition reimbursement which is a big one for me because i want to i want to keep going to school because if i keep staying there i'm just going to get dumber and dumber at that year so i want to go back to school they don't get back to me about tuition reimbursement but i know it's there wow so i think i get good benefits and i get good ben- uh, yeah benefits it's pretty sweet it's been good pretty sweet yeah like Life is good, dude. Life is always good. That's awesome. Now, being recently sober, but being someone who historically parties pretty hard by most people's standards, you still going out on the weekends? You still enjoying yourselves? Is that tough, or are you do you have to? Yeah. Maybe hang back, hold back a little bit. It's this is where the bitch part comes into play. I will sometimes have to be a bitch because for me, I can do coffee. I instead of drinking, I'll do coffee or fruit juices, and I don't mind people drinking around me. I really, really don't. It's only when they start forcing me and like peer pressuring. Hey, bro, let's get some brookies in you. Come on, shot, shot. Hey, you want to bump, bump? I'm like, no, bitch, get away. Wow. So I, I, I can hang. I can handle. We went to the lake just on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. And my husband and his friend were drinking vodka. And like, hey, you want to sing? I'm like, no, I'm really good. And they respected me enough to not ask me again. Because I had my fruit juices in my soda, so yeah. I replaced one upper with another upper pretty much. And I've been eating a lot more lately, which I've noticed. So I'm getting a little pudgier. But you know what? I don't care. I love my curves. Well, you know what it is? Sugar. Eating a lot of sweets. Yeah. Because your body, um, body, I've always heard that alcohol and sugars kind of break down in the same way in your body. So your body's craving that kick. I... I believe, uh, yeah, I can totally see that. And to be honest, I just prefer it. Sugar is just another type of legal substance that gets people high, pretty much. So. Yeah. I do like it what myself. Is? What is? I've been trying. I've been trying so hard right? to watch my diet. I've been losing weight with my jujitsu, But, man, I like a good dessert. Nice. Like now, I do have to say real quick that I, I was like kind of intimidated light. after hearing the last two episodes. It was the lady going to jail and then the guy coming out. I'm all like, these are some pretty deep and some pretty, like, really heartwarming, like, tear-jerking episodes. It's like, I don't know if I ever got on, I would match it. So I hope I'm doing the listeners some justice. I think you've brought the heat. And the show some justice. 
I think you've brought the heat. You think? I mean, you've told us about the inner workings of the USPS, and then also told a story about how you once tried to knock a house down with your fists like the big bad wolf. (laughs) I think you're pretty good to go. You got all blasted on substances and tried to punch a house down with your fists. Wound up in jail for three days. Yeah, I'd say I'd say you've uh, you've brought a couple things to the table, my friend. Oh yeah. Well. It's not, I just hope I get the message out, and hopefully I touch somebody. I guess. I guess that's at the end what we all try to do, right? We all try to spread our story and our message. I think so. I think it's just a good reminder. Everybody's got something to say, you know. Everybody's got something yeah. to say. People so, people don't always feel like people uh, want to hear what they have to say, but this guy right here wants to hear what you have to say. See, this is why I love you, Chris. You are just like so chilling down to earth. Thank you for what you do, man. Thank you. I'm really lucky to do it. Thank you for what you do, because I tell you, um, how else would I get uh, mailings from my bank, even though I've gone on their website and said, please, go. let's go paperless on this. I've tried everything. Like, I've gone online to see what I can do to get not get just mail. <laughs> Doesn't, none of it works so far. And since I work in the plant where it process letters to different states and stuff, I will literally hand put it into the bin. That goes to the state that it needs to go. Nope, still get mail from them. J. Crew catalogs drive me nuts well, because I love J. Crew and I shop so much at J. Crew. You don't have to send me the catalogs, okay? It's a waste of paper. <laughs> I'm gonna go in the store. I'm gonna drop too much, too much on striped t-shirts anyway. Oh, Costco and Sam's Club too. They're another big one. Like I already have your membership. I'm already, we already, me and my husband, when we go, we'll cruise every aisle up and down. So we already, and we see everything. Because my husband's the type of person that has to pick up everything and look at the pricing of everything. He's like, oh, that's a good deal. We're going to buy it. I'm all like, we don't need a banana hammock. We don't even eat bananas. No. Wait, I thought a banana hammock was a Speedo. I thought that was a name for like a real tight Speedo. That was a Speedo, Chris. I am sorry. Oh, Oh, it was. That's what you meant. I thought you meant an actual banana holder. Now, when you're in a... No, no, I was thinking... Okay. No, what? No, come on. Come at me. What do we? Why do you? Why, how did I make you mad right there? Uh, no, I was. I was just about to say that I was trying to refer to the fruit basket that hangs the bananas. Well, I, I, I totally forgot that there's a there's a banana hammock that that takes care of the penis. I totally forgot about that. So <laughs> my bad. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> now, since you're you're an incredibly <laughs> open person, I feel like I can ask you anything. When you're in a grinder, mm-hmm. when you're in a grinder, hit it or quit it situation, what is it that makes you realize, oh, this might, maybe this is not, maybe this is uh, more than a hit it and quit it. Maybe there's something special going on here and we got to hang on to it. It was a minute that we exchanged numbers. Because like I've had a couple experiences beforehand, my husband, where, you know, I met the guy on grinder, and then it's pretty much a ghosting. I think to ghost people on grinder, it's exempt, it's needed to like say I don't want to, so I know that I don't know in the in the state that I live in. Yes, ghosting is a real thing. Mm-hmm. So, but the minute that me and my husband changed numbers and we kept, and then it turned from hitting it from coming over to getting the dirty done to, hey, how are you doing? Hey, how was your day? We would both exchange to see how we were doing. So that's when things got a little serious. So. Kind of like a love story, kind of like a, it's kind of like a love story, but with a lot of lube. <laughs> so, yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, too much. <laughs> it's a love story with a lot of lube. <laughs> That's a good kind of love story. I just... Right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. How did you? How how is it for the straight people? I don't know. I'm just playing. I kind of know that. I mean, I don't know. See, I also got together. My wife and I started dating in 2012. The apps were not. I I, I had never done the internet dating or the apps or anything like that. So I think it, it, it's a little different just mm-hmm. from that perspective. But similar thing, right? You uh, got the attraction. We had been friends for a long time. We had worked together on the TV show. And then uh, we were out dancing one night. I used to go, 2012, when I lost my mind a little bit, I used to go out dancing in Brooklyn with my friends. We were real cool. We'd stay out late all night dancing. And it wound up just being me and all Hallie on the dance floor. And uh, we wound up making out. And she she claims I leaned in for the kiss. I claim she leaned in for the kiss. I wrote in my book that she kissed me and I didn't kiss her. And she got mad about my new book. She's like, that's the one thing that made me mad. I never made the first move really? in my life. She's like, as a policy and a rule, I don't make the first move. You made the first move. And I said, well, I don't make the first move either. Maybe it was spontaneous. And then it was just that a whirlwind, adorable. whirlwind romance. We got engaged uh, maybe like eight or nine months after we got together. That is so freaking cute. Thank you so much. Yeah, my husband, we kind of have the same thing. He's like, yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't be together if he didn't come coming over and I'm like bitch you're the one that kept inviting me over shut up like well it's not my fault you lived in your parents because at the time I was living in my parents basement <laughs> and then he's all like you just kept coming over and you kept coming over I'm like bitch you kept inviting me over you're thirsty bitch wanting me he's like shut up stupid I'm like no you're stupid now you said you live in a conservative state mm-hmm. how's that I mean we have less than five minutes left so we can't get into all of it but you seem like someone who's totally. Are you kidding com- me? We've been through fifty-five minutes already. Yeah. Oh my god, time just go back fast when you're talking to Chris Gethard. Yeah, don't get don't yell at me. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just get I just get passionate about what I'm talking about, and then I'm just making my coffee right now, so I'm about to wake up in a minute. It's all good. Cons- um, conservative state. My living in a conservative. Yes. Yeah, we. I live in a. I live in a part of the state where it's a little bit more liberal. But, like, you do have to, if you're going to be open about, like, being a oppressed minority, because I'm also a Mexican, so I'm, like, a gay, tall Mexican, I have to just make sure, you know, I, it's like Obama says, when you aim low, they aim low, you aim high. And I just have to remember, you know what, this might be their first time meeting someone of strangers. Like, I can't be a total bitch to a stranger. I have to show them love and compassion. And if they want to be dirty with me, let them be dirty with me. I don't care, because they Negativity should not affect my life. I'm trying to make the best of what I have and what I can get, and I keep moving forward. That's a, that's a I don't uh, know. Did that answer the question? It does. I think that's a super uh, thoughtful response. Here's a weird question. Again, we don't have so much time to answer. So you say you live in a conservative state. You're gay and Mexican. Which Do you feel like you get do, – do you have ignorant people give you more shit for one or the other, or is it an even split? This could be another another episode – but so my family isn't happy about me being gay, so I'm kind of oppressed there. Although they have been my husband, they are welcoming to him, but it was a battle. Mm-hmm. Being a brown, a brown person in such a conservative state with a lot of majority white people, 
Um, I just have to keep my cool around things. Like if there's an open person on the table out in public, I just got to make sure I keep 10 feet away. But I have had moments where people will start walking towards me, like, and they're going to confront me, but then I just keep walking and they kind of like catch themselves. Like, oh, I'm going to go talk to this brown, tall brown dude about walking up to a person. It has its challenges. I haven't been super duper pressed, but I mean, like, I don't know. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Well, I try to be at least. I think that's great. I think it's a great way to be. I'm sorry. Right. Have, I'm so, sorry. You have to even think about any of it. It's a bummer. It's, it's a bummer you know that it even has to come up. I'm not, because if anyone's willing to listen to me, they'll hear my story, and hopefully they can like reflect on how they treated others, whether they treated brown people different or people that act more flamboyant different, or you know whatever. So I hope people can reflect on their actions, how they treat other people. I didn't realize I was such a super bitch until I started working all this overtime. <laughs> and like, I'm it will never not be funny. It will never not be funny to me that you <laughs> casually refer to your. You must have called yourself a bitch about thirty-five times in the course of one hour. <laughs> you know what, dude? Because I know. I, I'm not gonna, because if someone were to call me something degrading like that, like he was being a dick or an ass or a bitch, I'm not gonna get butt hurt by it. Why? Because I know I am. <laughs> I call myself a bitch like maybe once every three months. Like if somebody like pushes me when I'm playing like basketball. Apparently, right. If like somebody pushes me when I'm playing basketball and I don't say anything about it, I'm like, oh, this is a little, little bitch about it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now we got less than a minute left. How do we want to sum this thing up? Oh, excuse For me. For people to just, you're good. It's just people live their lives. If you want to wear a funky hat that you're not too crazy about and post it on Instagram so people can call in, <laughs> live your life, dude. <laughs> Jade. I like that hat. And I like you. I like you for living <laughs> your life. Thank you for letting me behind the scenes at the postal office. And uh, into your life, into your life, and I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you're you're doing better, and I, I hope the sobriety keeps working for you, and uh, and that calm it down. I in appreciate that, sense. that Chris. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate what you did, and keep up the good work, and keep representing that hat, man. Callers, thank you so much for calling in. Good luck to you and your husband. And I hope, uh, I hope you get to keep living a good, fun life. And I hope that you have no more incidents where you bash automobiles to smithereens with your incredible Hulk fists. I hope that doesn't happen again. More power to you. Much love to you. Thank you to Jared O'Connell. Thank you to Harry Nelson. Thank you to Justin Linville. Thank you, Shell Shag, for the music. If you want to know more about me, including the dates that I'm on the road, chrisgeff.com is the website. I've been going on the road a whole bunch. Maybe I'm coming to your town. Go to chrisgeff.com, check and see. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps when you do. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous... Now, coming to the West, wearing a headscarf, I am sure you have dealt with some stuff. 
So here in Canada, I, I did not feel out of place. People are very respectful, very very understanding, very inclusive, and I love that about Canada. Kudos I'm to gonna... you, Canada. Look at that. Yes. <laughs> you ever take um, any weekend trips down to America? Yes, I have. How are we doing? Let me tell you, uh, it doesn't feel the same. <laughs> That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous.